Sirius XM Radio is better with Bogle Wines. 70s on 7, 80s on 8, better with Bogle. Alt Nation, Hip Hop Nation, Hair Nation, better with Bogle. Madison, Howard, Andy Cohen, better, better, better. Y2 Country, Prime Country, Carrie's Country, yep, all better. The Beatles Channel is better, and getting better all the time. Everything on Sirius is better with Bogle. Award-winning family-owned wines ranked as some of the finest available for around 10 bucks. As long as you're not driving, it's better with Bogle. Bogle Family Vineyards, Clarksburg, California. Please drink responsibly. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether thou art a ghost that hath come from the earth, or a phantom of night that hath no hollow, or one that lieth dead in the desert, or a ghost unburied, or a demon, or a ghoul, whatever thou be until thou art removed, thou shalt find here no water to drink. Thou shalt not stretch forth thy hand to our own. Into our house enter thou not. Through our fence break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps and Peepers. Got a real scary show today. I'm Dan. Hi, Dan. I'm Lindsay. Hello. Producer Joe, back in the office, healthy and COVID-free. Yay! 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 So very happy to have him back. Did you know that his backyard is mysteriously and miraculously like completely remodeled in two weeks? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what he was really doing? He's making his wife work in the yard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, we got uh, sweatpants and face masks and uh, face masks seems appropriate yeah. in the badmagicmerch.com store today uh, taking a break from tanks and tees this week a lot of variety in the Bad Magic store if you get a chance to check it out and YouTube viewers uh, 20% discount code on the screen popping up right now cool mm-hmm, awesome mm-hmm, we're getting mm-hmm. ready for fall you can tell by my orange shirt that makes me look like a pumpkin <laughs> uh, before I preview today's episodes, we get a lot of requests for other strange, creepy, spooky podcasts. Uh, check out Box of Oddities. Another married couple, another husband and wife who love to explore the dark and the bizarre, Jethro and Kat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, <laughs> you know, we're we're always trying to, like, find other content that's like ours, that inspires us. We love seeing what other people are up to out there. Mm-hmm. And Jethro and Kat are literally the nicest people. Yeah, like, on top kind. of... Yeah, on top of putting out an amazing podcast every week, they do such a good job. They explore various bizarre topics from like medical oddities to abandoned funeral homes uh, to unexplained paranormal phenomena. So some of what we do here, but then Mm -hmm. also very different. And just like us, they're sometimes hilarious and occasionally (laughs) irreverent. So we love that. Uh, If you want to check them out, uh, I love episode 239, Mm -hmm. the, uh, The Joy of Graveyard Haggling. Very, very good. And episode 225, Serial Killers and Shower Fixtures. Nice. I mean, the title alone can tell you that they have, you know, a great sense of humor. Uh, And if you have a strange or morbid sense of curiosity, get into the box and find your freak family. They're waiting for you. You can find Box of Oddities on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your pods. Yeah, check it out. Check it out, Creeps and Peepers. And now let's move on over uh, to today's especially unsettling show. Oh my God, Dan, my second story today mm-hmm. is going to make you shit your pants. <laughs> I'm excited because I mean- Ooh, I, I have chills just thinking about it. You know, the longer you uh, do a show like this, it's natural to get a little bit jaded. Sure. And you run into things where like, okay, that might've scared me maybe six months ago, but now maybe not as much. Maybe if I took a break, it would or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, the the research or putting together the two stories I put together today, so many chills uh, and really just kind of messed my head up uh, around mirrors at home for a while. Oh, dang. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have two stories today? I have two. Okay, two stories. I have two as well. Oh, God. And then a themed episode, uh, not not by location like last week with San Diego. Yeah. Uh, mirrors. Good luck not being really creeped out around mirrors after hearing today's show. The first story is about the mirror ritual. It's an ancient game of sorts that you should probably never, ever, ever play. Um, okay, I'm so fascinated already. And then the next story revolves around a young couple buying an antique mirror for their new apartment and almost immediately realizing it was by far the worst purchase they had ever made in their lives. Uh, I would never buy an old mirror. 
Oh. A- absolutely not. Well, if you were on the fence about buying old mirrors before this episode, you probably won't after hearing it. It's, yeah. Well, it's so there, creepy. There's a lot of things after this show that I'm no longer doing. <laughs> uh, I, no, there's not much setup on this first I'm one. I'm going so, for so it. So you got to get ready. Um, okay. Oh, God. Oh, this God. one, we dive right into this mirror ritual. Okay. Me and my pumpkin shirt are going under. <laughs> uh, we've talked about mirrors numerous times before here on Scared to Death. You know, have you ever looked into a mirror and felt like there was just something watching you from the other side? Or thought you saw something sinister lurking in the corners of your vision, something in the reflection, but not something that you'd see if you turned around, something that only exists in the mirror? Uh, unfortunately, yes. According to superstition, breaking a mirror is bad luck. Why is that? What could be unleashed if a mirror is broken? Some think mirrors uh, can absorb negative energy, and that when you break them, all the negative energy they've absorbed is now released back into the world. So how does that negative energy get inside the mirror in the first place? One way, allegedly, is through an ancient ritual that involves transferring your bad energy into the mirror, your sins, your weaknesses, but this transfer does not come without risk, the risk of encountering the mirror man. Time now for the tale of the mirror man ritual. The mirror man is a monster of sorts who some believe lives inside our reflected world. To borrow some jargon from Stranger Things, the mirror man lives in the upside down. Yeek. And if the mirror man is real, the mirror man can really kill you. Or even worse, he can let you live trapped inside the nightmare of the mirror world with him. If you want to tempt your fate and try to transfer all of your negative energy without being harmed by the mirror man, you should play the Midnight Ritual. A ritual that supposedly originated well over a thousand years ago, perhaps several thousands of years ago, as part of an ancient occult pagan ceremony. To perform the Midnight Mirror Ritual, here's what you'll need. Of course, you'll need a mirror. The older the better. A candle in a candle holder, matches, a pen and paper, something to draw your blood with, and finally plenty of salt. Once you have all these supplies, make sure you're alone. No one else should be in the room with you. It would be dangerous for both you and for them. Before midnight, do the following. Write your name on the paper with the pen. Prick yourself and put a drop of blood on the paper. Place the paper with your name and blood in front of the mirror. Turn off all the lights in your house. All the electronics, your phone, everything must be off. Absolutely not. Sit down in front of the mirror and pour a thick line of salt completely around you on the floor. Make sure you sit inside the circle. If you don't, the mirror man can reach you in ways you do not want to be reached. Face the mirror. Light your candle before midnight. Hold the candle in your hand as the clock approaches midnight. At exactly the stroke of midnight, to begin this ritual, you must look at your own reflection directly into your eyes. Focus on transferring all of your negative energy into your reflection. Your mind will now start to play tricks on you. Or is it the mirror man playing the tricks? There's a good chance you'll start to see something, perhaps some movement, at the very outer edge of your vision. Do not look at it. The Midnight Man wants to distract you. He wants to keep you from completing the ritual. He wants to stop the transfer. If you maintain eye contact, within a few minutes, you should feel all of your negative energy begin to leave your body. It will emanate from you in waves. A few more minutes later, you'll feel the last of it leave. All of your weaknesses, all of your insecurities, all your fears now transferred from you to your reflection. Once this transfer feels complete, don't wait too long. Raise your candle up and touch the flame to the mirror and burn it while continuing to make eye contact with your dark reflection. Hold the flame against the mirror. Ignore the shadows that are undoubtedly now behind you. There will be shadows. Oh my God. And perhaps entities more unsettling than shadows. Horror will surround you, but it can't hurt you unless you give into your fear and look. Do not stop looking into your eyes. Keep staring until you've burned a black mark onto the mirror the size of your fist and your peripheral vision. Do this quickly. You must do all of this by no later than 1213. At exactly 1213, knock 22 times on the black spots, blow out your candle, and then, this will not be easy, do not panic. Oh, God. Do not stop looking at the mirror. You're going to hear things. You're going to feel a dark presence in the room with you, near you, perhaps touching you. What you hear, what you may feel is the mirror man. You've just invited him into your home. And with any luck, if you do exactly what you're supposed to do next, he'll leave. Keep looking at the mirror. Keep looking at it until 3.33 a.m. That's a long time. Over three hours. And it's going to feel like a lot longer than that. It's not going to be easy to keep staring while you hear the mirror man behind you. While you feel his cold breath as he whispers your worst fears into your ears. 
You may hear him moving around your home. All the fear you just put into the mirror might creep back into your heart as you hear what sounds like the mirror man opening the drawer in the kitchen and grabbing a knife, dragging that knife along the wall as he walks back towards you. This is all part of the mirror man's game. He wants to distract you. He wants you to scream, to get up and run, to stop looking at the mirror. And if you do that, he will catch you. And best case, you'll die. He'll ask you questions. He'll make you promises. Do not listen to him. Whatever you do, do not speak to the mirror man. He'll tell you whatever lie he thinks will get you to break your stare. He'll change the temperature to try to freeze you into leaving. He'll make you feel ill, sick enough to think you must run to the bathroom. If you make it at 3.30 a.m. exactly, smash the mirror. Do this and the mirror man will disappear and you'll now be stronger than you were before the ritual. Congratulations, you've just beat the devil at his own game. But what if you don't win? Allegedly, a man named Michael played this game a few years ago and lost. Oh, what an idiot. He'd just been dumped by his girlfriend, another girlfriend. he just lost another job. He was in danger of being evicted from his apartment. He felt as if he had nothing else to lose. And he was wrong. He still had his sanity. The morning after playing, shortly before he was institutionalized, Michael said that the mirror man appeared first as a shadow on the wall behind him, just a few minutes into the ritual. He stayed strong. He was scared, but he didn't let this break his stare. He continued to stare into his own eyes, looking at his familiar face, but then his face became pretty hard to look at. It changed. His expression shifted. He suddenly sneered. His eyes grew cold and foreign. He didn't really look like what he was seeing. He knew that. He wanted to look anywhere but at himself, but he couldn't stop. He just opened a door. He would have to wait hours to close. So he continued to stare at his changing self. His skin pulsed and undulated. His smile at one point grew unnaturally wide and it was filled with far, far too many teeth. Then he saw something scarier, blurry and out of focus. He still didn't look directly at it, but he knew what it was. The shadow on the wall behind him now stepped forward off the wall and into the room. It suddenly and possibly had depth. He could hear it creeping towards him. Soon it stood directly behind him, just outside the circle. He tried hard not to look. Then the face, his face, before him in the mirror, spoke to him in his own voice. It would have actually been less terrifying had it been someone else's. It's too late, Mike. You've already lost. He's right behind you. You are right behind you. All the darkness inside you that you tried to push into me, it's all right behind you. You fucked up, Mike. You should have never played. You're going to wish you died tonight. Now Mike could see that the mirror man was right behind him, a second reflection standing behind him. He saw all this while staring into his own eyes, or did he? No, did he break his stare? Just for a moment? Oh God. His eyes in the mirror now started to bleed. Just a few drops of blood at first, and then crimson rivulets poured forth. He felt the blood drip onto his legs. He broke his stare to look down. He glanced at his lap. The blood was real. He felt his face. Blood was now all over his hands, but he could still see. He turned and looked at his reflection, the one right behind him, and his reflection was laughing. He screamed, Why are you doing this to me? And then looking at his hands again, he saw that they were just wet. Not with blood, but tears. He'd been crying. How long had he been crying? Mine, the mirror man yelled and laughed. Mine, mine, mine. And then Mike lost consciousness. The next morning, he woke up to his brother shaking him. His brother found him passed out on the living room floor, the mirror intact beside him. When Mike woke, his eyes were wild. He jumped up and kicked the mirror. He started stomping on it. He calmed down a bit just for a moment, long enough to tell his brother what had happened. Then he went into the bathroom and smashed the mirror there. Then he told his brother they had to smash all the mirrors. He told them he could stop the mirror man if he could just smash all the mirrors. He had to smash all the mirrors. Within 48 hours, Mike's family had him involuntarily committed to a psychiatric facility. Oh, no. And supposedly all he ever talks about are mirrors to this day. He barely eats. He barely sleeps. Some nights he can be heard screaming, you're not me. You're not me. Yeek. That's the mirror man story. I was so on board. I was like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. Then when you said you have to stare at yourself until 3.33, you GTFO. I cannot, I can barely look at myself for three minutes in the mirror. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> let's let, let some it's, images. I feel, I'm going to need to do some investigating after this. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it, it, I looked into it quite a bit and it is, it is, you know, you can say, is this really an ancient pagan ritual? Like numerous articles claim. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I got to find I mean, a witch. I got to find, a, are there any witches out there? Can somebody, actually, I know that we have someone in our audience. So I want an email because I want to know if this is like more folklore, yeah. if there's a version sure. of this that's very true or if this well, is I mean, it. 
I don't think that can be really verified. I mean, there's numerous well, versions of this. Numerous witches. People gang. practice different. To right. me, it's like different religion. Some articles kind of made reference to like Celtic lore. Okay. I mean, but 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 I I, I will say I didn't find anything that had been written by like a uh, archaeologist or That's an anthropologist. Not, Doesn't mean it's not it's not real. I don't care about that. I want to talk right. to a witch. Okay. Well, here's uh, here's <laughs> the first image. So now, now okay. look at this. I Google this. Does not that looks like me? That looks like me and you. I was like, wait, what the fuck? How creepy is I that? I thought you were just like being silly. Nope. That is the first image that oh came up when I looked. Oh my god! How unnerving is that? After are, all that, are you the fucking mirror man? Am I? I don't know. Well, you should know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was, I, w- I wouldn't tell you. Well, that's rude. I don't think the mirror man cares about manners. This next uh, thing just creeped me out oh, when God, I was I looking into mirrors. Look so at bad. this. Look at this. Keep looking. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine if this happened to you, and there's oh, not my you. God. That's very yeah. Mo- that's like the Momo. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. is. It, I can't. Creeps me I out. Know I have chills everywhere. Yeah. Nope. Uh, one more time, little no girl thanks. looking no in the mirror. Looks and that's the demon lady in the mirror. Yeah. <sighs> I feel real like that's yeah. I feel real like mm-hmm. real <laughs> jumpy, little jumpy, little dodgy. Dodgy is my new favorite word right now. I've <laughs> been saying a it word. a lot. And this is one of these things where it's like it's kind of similar. It reminds me of like Bloody Mary, those kind of like kids. Did you games. ever Bloody Mary? No, I never did. Oh, I did. Uh, I'm telling Candyman, you, Candyman, all those kind of like mirror based things. Candyman's not Candyman. Candy Candyman. It, isn't that like you say it three times? Car- in the mirror? Well, don't say it again. Okay. Just in case. <laughs> but no, I thought I thought Candyman was just like in I, it's been so long. In, I, I, I'm invocation. guessing actually. I thought it was just an invocation. I okay. didn't think you needed a mirror for that. But Bloody Mary, you do, right? Yes, and I've yeah. done it and scary. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it happens. Eek. Yeah, it's it's uh, this is one of those things where I'm like, it reminds me of like the scary stories, which I love like when we came up with this idea for this podcast, like campfire stories. Yeah. This reminds me, it's like one of these stories where part of me the whole time was like, come on. Or who's staring at themselves come for three on, hours? No one's doing this. But then at the but same then the time. For long years, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And then, yeah. I know it's creepy. And, and then I just think about like, okay, well, if, you know, it's just a bunch of nonsense. I'm like, would you do this in your house? Hell no. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think. I think I would play a Ouija board by myself before I would do this ritual. You, you shouldn't Ouija board alone. I but, know. But, but also, I'm saying I would do that probably before I would do this. Well, I wouldn't do it in our house because that's dumb because if he comes there, then it's trapped oh in your my house. God. But and also it, yeah. the three out, I can't. It's a long I just, time. That's a long time. And you have to like lock mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. on your own self. Yep. Do you remember um, maybe in like the like 90s, early 2000s uh, at the, I know that you didn't grow up in a place where you went to a mall regularly, but there were yeah. at malls, there were these kiosks and they sold these photos that you would it was like tiny little pixels, and you would stare at it long enough, and then it would change into something else. Oh yeah, that's what well, it I makes... was. I was seeing malls because I was an adult at that time of uh, life. Creep. <laughs> I was in so, high yeah. school. So maybe. I was, so I was. Uh, yeah, I do remember those kiosks. Yeah, but like that's what I could hardly do those. We have to stare for so long for your vision to go blurry. That's like seven minutes at max. Right. Right. Three hours, dude. Yeah, no thanks. Um, now, I'm very nervous. I was just thinking, like, I wish I had some salt to put around me right now. So, <laughs> do you have a little bit of setup? Because I was just going to... Uh, well, really, before we get to the next story, okay. um, uh, time for a quick sponsor break. Thanks again for using our sponsors' custom landing pages and discount codes. We appreciate it. Creeps and peepers. Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. With the warmer, sunnier days calling your name, the last place you're going to want to be is in your kitchen, cooking, and meal prepping. Make your life easier with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factors Never Frozen, Always Fresh Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Think of all the extra time you will get outside in the summer sun when you aren't wasting hours in the kitchen. I think I speak for everyone when I say that the summer is the busiest time of the year. We are all trying to cram in as many things as possible, from concerts to vacations and everything in between. With Kyler home from college and Monroe on her break too, I want to spend as much time as possible with them. And while I truly love to cook, the summer is the one time of year that I'm the least interested in doing that for three meals a day. So I lean on Factor to help keep me healthy and in step with my diet. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime barramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time. 
Head to factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 and use code scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code scared to death 50 at factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Who doesn't love a little special something? A gourmet cupcake from your favorite bakery or a lovely bottle of wine? Do you ever splurge on a massage or an expensive meal? If you treat yourself to the best of the best when it comes to the things you enjoy, why would you settle for less when it comes to your health? Your health should be a top priority. I mean, you have one body to get you through this entire life. Why not treat that body to the best? ZocDoc is the place you can find and book tens of thousands of top-tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews, Don't settle for anything but the best because you deserve the best. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. I've been battling some insane heartburn lately. I tried all the -the over-the-counter things, cut out spicy food, alcohol, but I just can't seem to get any relief. After speaking with my family doctor, he suggested I see a gastroenterologist. Knowing I could find an amazing doctor within seconds on ZocDoc, I went to their website, entered my zip code and insurance information, and began to scroll the reviews of all the available doctors in my area that could help me find a solution to my problem. And I did it all in just a few clicks. So easy. Go to ZocDoc.com scared and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C doc.com slash scared zocdoc.com slash scared want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language then check out the language learning program rosetta stone on desktop or as an app rosetta stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process plus the true accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation and with a lifetime membership you have access to all 25 offered languages Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Time now for another mirror tale. Well, while you do your setup, I was just going to put some crystals around me and sprays. I am freaked out already. Well, I I think this next story is actually far scarier than the first story. That's so great. Dan, Mm -hmm. you're a great storyteller. Thanks thanks for bringing your A game this week, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. asshole. (laughs) Okay, little little bit of setup, little bit of setup. It was the middle of a hot summer and Angie and Jamal had just moved in together. They rented a small one-bedroom apartment in a small Midwestern city's downtown. No AC, no ceiling fan, But they loved it. It was their place. It felt truly grown up. Both still in their early 20s. It was their first time either them. It was the first time either them had moved in with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They didn't have much money set aside for furniture. Neither brought much with them to the new place. Previously, they both lived with roommates and roommates owned most of the furniture. So they ended up getting most of their stuff from some local thrift and antique stores. Most of what they bought was your your basics, your staples, a couch, a small kitchen table, a few chairs, coffee table. But they picked one thing that really they didn't need, but Angie really wanted it. A large mirror. A full-length Cheval mirror. Cost 250 bucks, which Jamal thought was way too much money to spend on a mirror. You could get one at Walmart for 50 bucks, But you couldn't get this kind of mirror for 50 bucks. Angie did a little research later and found out the mirror was actually worth over $2,000. Holy hell. Made out of solid mahogany. It was built sometime in the 1830s. It was a William IV Cheval mirror. Uh, if, some, uh, if someone were to take the time to sand and refinish and restore it properly, it could easily fetch around four grand. So what the hell was it doing in the thrift store and why was it being sold for 250 bucks? Ah, it's like a cheap house. Jamal and Angie would soon find out. Time now for the tale of the mirror from hell. Oh boy. Okay, I'm just gonna... It was too big for their small bedroom, so it ended up getting put in the living room. Jamal was less than thrilled about this placement. He about jumped out of his skin when he got up in the middle of the night a few days after they bought it uh, to use the bathroom and grab a middle-of-the-night snack. For a second, it looked like some guy was walking into their, their apartment. Nope, just his reflection. When he came back out of the bathroom, he was braced for it, and it still creeped him out. He did not like seeing movement by the front door. Before he went back to bed, he turned the mirror around far enough so that you couldn't see your reflection if you were just using the bathroom much better. But then the next morning, it was turned back around. Jamal didn't suspect anything supernatural to explain this at that time. He suspected it was Angie. He'd gone to bed without telling her he'd moved it, and she'd gotten up earlier than him to go to a spin class before going to work. Whatever he thought, pretty stupid to be spooked by a mirror. 
When he and Angie both got home from their jobs that night, she didn't bring up the mirror's repositioning, and he didn't either. The more he thought about it, he was kind of embarrassed he'd let that get to him. And then a few nights went by without anything happening, and then the real horror began. Jamal woke up to what he thought sounded like footsteps. He looked over, and Angie was still sound asleep. Had he just been dreaming? He heard a small creak from the living room. Could be someone taking a step. Could just be the sounds of an old building he still wasn't used to. He tried to breathe as quietly as possible to see if he could hear anything else happening outside their bedroom. Angie was half snoring, which wasn't helping. Another creak. This time it was louder. And it was followed by what definitely sounded like a few footsteps. Could this all be coming from the apartment above them? Maybe. But it really, really sounded like it was coming from the living room. <laughs> Jamal then flashed on the mirror. Was he thinking he was hearing all this? Because as much as he hated to admit it, that damn mirror still really spooked him. It was possible. It was also possible he had just heard another creak from the living room. Time to investigate. Jamal quietly rolled out of bed so he wouldn't wake up Angie. And as quiet as he could be, he slowly walked over to the bedroom door. He hated how scared he felt. He wasn't a big guy. He wasn't a fighter. What if someone was in the living room? What was he going to do? Squeal like a girl and hope they run away? He didn't know. But he couldn't just keep laying in bed. When he got to the door and began to open it, he for sure heard footsteps in the living room. It sounded like they were heading towards the, the bedroom door. Jamal quietly popped his head around the corner and what he saw froze him in his tracks. He saw in the mirror the dark shape of a man about his size walk around the corner and into the reflection of the kitchen. His heart was racing. Jesus Christ, there was someone in the kitchen. Oh my God. Later he would realize that based on where he saw the reflection in the mirror, he should have also seen someone standing in the living room and seen them walk into the kitchen. He shouldn't have only seen the reflection. Not knowing what else to do, he grabbed a fork he'd left on a plate in the living room coffee table when he had a snack before bed and walked towards the kitchen, better than nothing. He hoped he was somehow still asleep and was just having a really, really terrible, vivid dream. He quickly crept towards the kitchen, and then when he got close, he sprang around the corners. Bah! Holding his fork in his hand, his arms, legs, uh, and arms and legs wide like some kind of crazy minor bad guy in some shitty low-budget action movie who's quickly and easily killed by the main character, no one's there. He wanted to laugh at how silly it all was, but he still spooked. And he thought about what he, what he, uh, you know, could have seen. And then he saw something again: the same strange man, really just the dark shape of a man. Now he sees in the mirror this man walking into his bedroom. What? A Angie! He yelled, "Angie, no!" Pushing all his fear aside, Jamal sprinted back into his room, fork still in hand. Angie! He yelled again. When he got into his room, he immediately turned on the light. Angie was sitting up, startled. Groggy, no one else is in the room. What's going on? She yelled. Uh, a man, Jamal said. There was a man. I saw him. I, I, I saw him come in. He trailed off as he wildly, wildly scanned the room around him. You saw him what? Angie said. She now popped out of bed and immediately started putting some clothes on. What the hell's going on? She asked. I, I don't know. I don't know, said Jamal. I must have been half asleep or... Jamal went ahead and tried to explain to Angie everything that had happened. And the more he talked, the crazier he realized he sounded. By the time he went back to bed, he tried to laugh it all off as some sort of half-asleep hallucination. And then he and Angie had a good laugh about it. Some of his laughs were fake, but they both still laughed. <laughs> then he pretended to fall back asleep until he finally really did. The next day, Jamal did everything he could not to look at the mirror. He hated it. The more he thought about it, the more he was certain he had seen something. It wasn't some weird kind of dream. Even though the thought left him feeling a little guilty, he hoped Angie saw what he saw and, then, and soon... Then they could just get rid of the damn thing. Yeah. That night, Jamal would get his wish. Jamal woke up again to the sound of footsteps. Same creaking, exactly the same as the night he saw the strange man in the mirror. Just to make sure he was hearing what he thought he was hearing, he laid again as quiet and still as possible for several minutes. Right when he started to think his mind was just playing tricks on him, he heard something or someone walking from near the front door, near the mirror, definitely towards their bedroom. Oh, God. Angie. He quietly says, Angie, wake up. When Angie started to speak, he quickly cut her off. Quiet. Do you hear that? The bulging of Angie's eyes told him that she did hear that. Whatever was in their living room was now stopped just outside their bedroom door. Oh, God. That's what I heard the other night, whispered Jamal. Both Jamal and Angie stared at the door. They heard a slight creak that sounded like someone shifting their weight outside of it. Oh, God. Again, Jamal slowly rolled out of bed. He grabbed a baseball bat from underneath his bed. He grabbed it at the sporting goods store the day after he had nothing but a fork to walk around the apartment with. 
What happened next is something that still haunts Jamal and Angie. After listening at the door for a few moments and hearing nothing, Jamal quickly threw the door open, bat in hand, and then he and Angie both screamed. He opened the door to see himself standing on the other side. <gasps> he and Angie both saw him out there, the second him, for just a moment before the imposter dissolved into a dark mist. After looking at each other in quiet shock for several moments, Jamal turned on the light. Then Angie walked over to the doorway. Together, they turned the corner, walked into the living room. Jamal, Jamal turned on the living room light, and they both stared at the mirror. They were looking at themselves, but something was off. Both Jamal and Angie slowly approached the mirror. Jamal held his bat. Angie walked just behind him. When they got about three feet from the mirror, they stopped. They looked at themselves. They looked like they were supposed to look almost. Something fell off. Then the room suddenly darkened, but only in the mirror. What? Before either could mentally process what they were seeing, their faces in the mirror quickly changed, looked demonic. As Angie and Jamal both screamed, the mirror images turned and walked back towards the bedroom. Yeah! Both of them wanted to turn and run out of the room, but neither were wearing anything more than their underwear. Jamal took his bat, slammed it into the mirror, and it didn't do a damn thing. Not only did it not shatter, it didn't even dent or crack. What? Now they could see themselves walk back out of their room behind them, walk back towards them in the mirror. Jamal turned away from the mirror and screamed, Stop! Leave us alone! Angie turned with him as well. Silently, she was too scared to scream. When they both turned around to face themselves, there was no one standing behind them. Then when they turned back around and looked in the mirror again, it was still dark, and the reflections were now standing right behind them. Yeah. Angie about jumped out of her skin. She quickly grabbed the tablecloth from the kitchen table, threw it over the mirror. They both would later remember hearing a sound like a low moan as they covered the antique. The lights flickered, and then nothing. They stayed up the rest of the night, all the lights on, keeping an eye on the mirror. They ended up having to talk to the police as well that night. A neighbor who'd heard their screams had called the police. She thought someone was being murdered in their apartment. Rather than try to explain, no officers or just some demons or something in our <laughs> mirror. They said they'd heard someone break in. They thought they had. They walked around and were just jumpy and got spooked. The next morning, they both called into work sick. After wrapping some bungee cords around the mirror to make sure that the tablecloth would not come off, they put it in the back of Jamal's truck, drove it out to a landfill just outside of the city. It felt strange to touch, like it had a bit of electrical current running through it. It also felt a lot heavier than when they'd first brought it in. They couldn't be more glad to get rid of it. When they tossed it from the truck, they both exchanged how the hell is that possible glances when the mirror hit the concrete floor of the dumping area and didn't make a sound. It was apparently unbreakable. After getting rid of the mirror, life in their apartment returned to normal and nothing else strange happened again. <sighs> a few years later, Jamal and Angie got engaged. A year or so after that, they got married. A few years later, they bought a house. And when Angie got pregnant, they went out to buy some stuff for the nursery. They hadn't been uh, back to that thrift store. They purchased that mirror at since they bought it. But now they couldn't find a new crib they both liked after they pretty much checked every store in town to find the perfect one. And then they started searching antique stores, thrift stores. It brought them back to that original store. Oh, shit. Less than a minute after walking in the door, after talking about the mirror a bit before they popped in, there it was. No. That cursed antique mahogany William Four Cheval, Jamal and Angie exclaimed, it, it can't. It can't be glances. And then they slowly walked over to give it a closer look. No. They both felt little balls of fear settle into the pits of their stomachs. They looked at their reflections. They thought they looked normal. Maybe. Then Angie reached out and touched the side of the mirror and quickly withdrew her hand. Holy shit. It's the same one. No, said Jamal, it can't be. We dumped it off in the landfill. He reached out and touched it as well. There it was. That feeling of like a low electrical current. He quickly let it go and shuddered. Let's go, he said, right now. GTFO. They turned around, walked back out the door, neither looking back at the mirror, both feeling certain that if they had, they would have seen dark versions of themselves watching them leave. What in the actual yeah. fuck? <laughs> That's the story that was fucking me up when I had to, when I came home after working on it and like, nope, can't look at the mirrors for a couple days. Da, da, da. That explains your hair choices for a few days. Hey. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So here is, okay, this first mirror, this is, I mean, it's not, there wasn't a, a picture attached to that story, but this is sure. a William the Fourth Mahogany Cheval mirror. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's those big, heavy, I mean, the, oh, I mean, that is, it still creates me out, but maybe because of the story, but big, heavy, beautiful mirrors. Yeah. Uh, this next, I couldn't stop after that, just Googling like monster in the mirror. So these are fun. Eek. Somebody's little, uh, artistic sketch of a monster in the mirror. This next one, I think is a little creepier. Great. Uh, uh, like the 
Uh, and then this is the scariest one I could find. This one is going to stick with you. <laughs> it's just a cookie monster in the mirror. It's terrifying. Terrifying. I almost jumped out of my seat. <laughs> I was waiting for... I love that he came up with monster in the mirror. Well... Yeah, cookie monster. Cookie monster. I, uh, um... Yeah. I was waiting for it to be like a picture of me looking in oh. the mirror. I thought you were going to say <laughs> like been, yeah. Polish monster. Oh, man. I missed, uh, it. missed it. Opportunity missed. Missed opportunity. Holy crap. Okay. So do you remember a while ago I told you about some podcast I was listening to and it was like a college age girl or boy, I can't remember, who'd gone to a thrift store and bought a like a desk chair? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, my yes, God. Yes, that really this, freaked you out. Yes, because it was like... There was the desk chair and then they had the desk chair and then like they would come back to their dorm room or maybe it was like a apartment with several bedrooms and like a couple friends living together. And then they saw someone sitting in the chair and then they got rid of the chair and then the chair was like taken back to a thrift store. And then the neighbors that they could see through their like exterior Uh, window had gone and gotten the the same same fucking chair chair. and that and whatever was attached to it was still trying to get the original purchaser. And then the original purchaser went to like. (sighs) Vietnam or something with their mom on a vacation and, and saw some, that same some random person came up to that person and was like oh yeah it's attached God to you dang it Ooh. yeah that creeped me out you, you just telling me that story creeped me oh, out oh my that. God <laughs> so the whole time you're telling that story I'm just thinking I can never buy an antique vintage anything that's it it's over because I and love I love that stuff that ruined for you I mean, how are we going to buy vintage records? Do you think Do you think spirits get into the records? I don't think so. You think that's safe? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no. Okay. Now, if, it, now, if the record doubles as a mirror, <laughs> oh, maybe pass. Mirror Mirrors record. are creepy anyways, mm-hmm. right? Even like uh, I woke up last night around, I don't know, three to yeah. use the restroom. And just because of how like where we live in the country, right? It is actually already starting to get bright at that mm-hmm, time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not as dark as it is maybe, you know, in the Midwest at 3 a.m. So it's like, oh, like the light's kind of coming in a little bit from our windows. Like I shouldn't be freaked out. I turn on every light in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. One, it's how, two, bathroom, ha. Huh. It's because of how high we are. So like, like, uh, like yeah, yeah. light comes mm-hmm, exactly latitude wise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, zaz. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you ready to get I am. so? I like. Uh, yeah, so scared. I'm excited that this might be one of our scarier episodes. Do you want some of my protections? No, I'm good. Okay, but a fan made this bracelet for you. I mean, it it's forged iron ore, and I felt really safe wearing it. Do you want to wear it? I like it on you, but it's for you. Okay, it was made okay, for you. Okay, since it was made by a fan. That it, it. Yes. Okay. Actually, I don't. Yeah, that's how you do it. Oh man, that kind of hurts. Oh, okay. Well, then don't I do can't, it. I can't get it on. Oh, um, you have big wrists. Well, comparatively. Well. I have small wrists, I think, for a guy. You do? I, I don't know why I even said that. It's not like I've done a bunch of wrist checks. <laughs> do you like... <laughs> I, hear I, lo- do, I, hear, I hear Logan not that laughing. I don't know why I think that. Yeah, because like, like... it's not like I've gone a bunch of dudes and be like, hey, what's, how big is your wrist? How, well, um, can you... I feel like I'm small boned. Okay. Yeah. Bird bone. What the fuck are you guys talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I have, I have a weird perception thing, though, where it's like Kyler, our, uh, you know, son Kyler, it's like his hands look huge to me right now. Yeah. And I'm like, man, his hands are way bigger than mine. And then I'll put my hands up against his hands, and my hands are still quite a bit bigger than his. I'm like, why do my own, like, I, I don't have the right perception of my own size. Do you know. remember? Do you remember when I thought I was like 5'10"? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 five seven maybe. Yeah, you're way off. You're off. I was like, oh, I'm like, so no, tall. Not. It's because my best friend is six feet tall, and yeah. I'm, I was always with her all the time. And so it, it does like throws off your. Yeah. Okay. Weird. All right. Let's get back into spooky okay, stuff. That okay. was a nice breather. Okay. So this story has been going on for several months. So it's um it's actually three separate times this person wrote into us, and I'm so glad that I waited to share her story okay. because it builds and it's okay. it's, it's okay. pretty great. Um. I, it's it's bananas. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So back in uh, January is when this begins. She says, hey, hello. I love your podcast so much. And so I thought I'd share this story. Throughout my life, I've had no doubt that ghosts are real because the house I grew up in was for sure haunted. However, 
This isn't about that house. This is about the pizza place I'm currently working at. One of my first days on the job, I was up in the attic storage area grabbing some stuff for the closing shift. I walked in, got the stuff, turned around to see that the door was shut. I definitely didn't shut that door. Why would I shut the door in a creepy attic when I was going in just to grab something and turn around right away? I was the only one up there and there wasn't even a draft. The thing is, is I didn't hear the door shut either. I was slightly spooked, but I brushed it off. I've experienced much more intense paranormal events in my life. A few weeks later, I was up there again by myself with the lights off like an idiot. And I'm reaching up to grab something when I hear a voice, like a whisper. It was a man's voice. I jumped back about three feet in the air and chills rushed over my arms and back. But again, I was alone. And all of my coworkers are girls. So who was up there with me? There was also one other time that I was up there doing some cleaning when I heard whistling that sounded like it was coming from the stairs. I checked to see if any of my coworkers were around, but none of them were even close to the stairs. I went down and asked my supervisor if she had heard it, and she said she also heard the whistling. Mm. She thought it was me. Weird things like this have been happening at this place for a long time. A few years ago, this girl was working alone, and there were only two regulars in the restaurant, both sitting at the same table. They were waiting on a salad, and the waitress had gone to chit-chat with them. One of the ladies turned to the waitress and said, Hey, uh, I think that guy just went upstairs with our salads. But there was no male waiter at that time. So that's the start of where the weirdness begins to our peeper, Kirsten. Then in March, she sends in an update. Things in the house I'm currently living in are getting really crazy. On the regular, the people in my house see things out of the corner of their eyes. Sometimes orbs, other full figures, but when we turn to look, they disappear. The other day, I was alone in the house, and I thought someone had walked into the kitchen where I was. I felt a presence, and I saw a figure, but then I turned around, and no one was there. Mm -hmm. We also hear things even more than we see things. It sounds like someone is walking up the stairs when no one is around, followed by quiet shuffles in the corners of my room and objects moving all on their own. Since we are all pretty in touch with our spiritual sides, none of us minds too much as the entities in our home have never felt malicious or anything but well-intentioned. Sure, one of them likes to mess around, but there's never been a feeling of dread or worry. Until now. Within the last two nights, I haven't been able to sleep in my room, even with the lights on, because every time I lie down to sleep, I get chills all over my body. Then I hear the shuffling just beside my bed, and as I lie awake, I see shadows shifting in the corners of my eyes. What makes it impossible for me to sleep is the feeling of being pushed, like someone's trying to shake me awake. Every time I start to drift off, I'll be jerked awake. I sit up and I feel someone shaking me awake. I know this is not my imagination. I've slept in my car the last two nights because of it. Oh my God. And now it's June. So that we're all on the same page. (sighs) Kirsten's having both issues at work and at home. Okay. Okay? She's sleeping in her car and these two things are about to come together. And the last one was from March and this one's from June. June. So it's January, then March, March, now June. June. Okay. 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 Hey, Dan and Lindsay, not my first time writing, but I finally figured out what's going on. I'm a solid peeper. I scare the shit out of myself on a regular basis and can't sleep sometimes because I watch slash listen to scary things. I know I'm a dumbass, but I can't help it. (laughs) Absolutely love the show. By far my favorite podcast. Please keep scaring the shit out of me. (laughs) True peeper. I I love this girl. She says, so anyways, I'm almost 100% sure I have an attachment. Sleeping in my car, as you most likely guessed, didn't help, but at that point, I didn't know I had an attachment yet. Mm -hmm. It began to be a nightly occurrence with me starting to fall asleep and then being shooken awake. This went on for some time, but then eventually, it slowed down. It didn't stop completely, but it wasn't every night anymore, and I got used to the pushing or shaking or whatever it was. Now, fast forward, it's been a few months, and I'm relieved to be going on a road trip to Michigan. I live in California. Mm -hmm. I was so happy I'd finally be away from whatever was haunting my room, and I would be able to get a break from all of it. We, my mom and my younger siblings and I, were taking an RV all the way to Michigan. I didn't feel anything the week we drove drove cross-country. 
It was such a relief. My dad lives in Michigan. He'd wanted me to stay at his house to visit with my brothers. I have a lot of siblings, both full and halves, because they had graduated during COVID and they didn't get to have their graduation walk. So we were trying to make some special family memories. Anyways, after a full week of peaceful sleep in the RV, here I was at my dad's house. And that's when it started all over again. On the first night, I felt it. The being jerked awake. I had chills all over my body and again and again. And after that, I heard the blinds clink together Mm -hmm. and I got the feeling I wasn't alone in the room. I didn't sleep a wink that night. Now to present day, June 5th, I've bought some bundles of sage to smudge my room with, but I think I might have to talk to a medium. It's honestly not even a big deal to me that I'm, as long as I'm able to sleep, at least it's not a demon, right? But all I can think is why me? Why now? What did I do to invite this into my life? Where did it come from? Was it the entity at my work? Did it attach to me there? Or is it something in the house that I live in? Am I carrying it around with me? I just don't know. Kirsten. Yeah, Kirsten. Okay, isn't that a weird thing to think like, I was just thinking towards the end of that story, where like, what if someday, just like, and I've said this before, but it's been a while, you know, for a long time, people didn't understand what disease was. Right. You know, they thought it was like, you know, they, they thought that was spirits. And then they finally figured out like viruses, bacteria, all these little pathogens that, you know, you can't see without a microscope. Yeah. And then what if like 50 years from now, it just commonly accepted. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's this other parallel universe, whatever other world where you can have things that are that are like people know like, they exist. Like ailments? Yeah, but like, like, a, like a thing can attach to you. And it's like, like it's uh, it's not just superstition it's not just right. lore it's like oh yeah here's here's where how we discovered those things they for sure exist uh yeah yeah i love that story because it's just like ongoing mm-hmm. and it's it's not that it's not creepy right it's just so bizarre that right it, that it's in multiple places with her yeah right yeah. not just the house not just the pizza shop followed her all the way to freaking michigan Oh Which makes God. you think it's on her. Yeah, yeah. So, Kirsten, we want updates. Like, if you get a medium, if you have a tarot card reading, if you do a Reiki and get cleansed out, like, whatever, we want to know what happens for sure. I mean, I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Me too. I ha- this story, Dan. Yeah, yeah this story. Yeah, this I story. have read this story multiple times because I just, it's so bone chilling. Uh, I mean, it really, really got me. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I thought I just had just like dust or something. You know, like, like when you're like on edge. Yeah. And everything. Oh. Oh, what was that? What was that? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay, I'm ready. You are about to be more on edge than you've ever been. It, this is, I, I hope it freaks you okay. out as much as it, whew, buddy. Okay. Okay. Hey, STD crew in advance. Sorry for the long story, but honestly, this shit is too creepy not to elaborate as best I can. I'm also sorry in advance for the tragic nature of this tale. Animal lovers, be warned. I've been debating Uh. sending this in for a long time because I'm still struggling to believe what could be possible to quantify my experiences. I'm a scientist by training, a programmer by day job, a fairly logical person. So you can imagine how hard it is to process the events you can't explain. Mm -hmm. I also haven't really talked openly about these events. So this is the first time I'm telling this story in its entirety. In 2016, I bought a beautiful 50-acre farm about halfway between Toronto and Ottawa in Ontario, Canada. I had dreamed since getting into horses and riding as a kid of owning my own farm one day and bringing my own horses home. Finally, thanks to the support of my amazing parents who bought the property with me, this dream came true. It's a fairly modern space with a Panabode-style log home and a pole barn built in the back into the woods, with about 10 acres of cleared land and the rest a mix of forest forest types and trails. It's absolutely beautiful, like owning my own provincial park. I spent the first three years riding my horses through the woods, hiking and enjoying the property with my friends and family. I had never felt anything weird or creepy, not even at night when the coyotes howl in the woods or when the owls are hooting in the distance Mm. and the almost absolute darkness you experience when the sun sets. That all changed on January 7th, 2019, and nothing has been the same ever since. I had decided the spring before to breed one of my horses, my very first horse, so this one was very special to me, to one of the top stallions in the province. 
I spent thousands of dollars and invested months of emotions and dreams to hopefully hopefully have a foal in March of 2019. Horse gestation is very long at 340 days on average. Wow. Mm-hmm. On January 7th, at day 273 into the pregnancy, I came out in the morning to do the chores to find my mare in the process of early labor. She was aborting her foal. The vet was called, and he arrived promptly. The poor foal had been had to be untangled from his umbilical cord, which, due to the tension from being tangled around his long legs, had been cut, killing him in utero 30 or so days before he could have safely been born. Uh. I was devastated. A complete mess. The vet told me it was a complete freak of nature event and nothing could have been done to prevent it. There was no disease or sickness, no deformity. We could only see that Mother Nature had reared her ugly head like she sometimes does. Thankfully, my mare pulled through and is still with us today. But that tragedy did something to the farm, something I can't quite explain. It started with a dream. Two horses, one a foal, the other a grown adult, playing in the pasture. The black foal was clearly the one we had lost. He was the same jet black, jet black color with no markings. The other horse was the stuff of nightmares, though. It was ash gray, completely, skele- completely skeletal, like mm. a neglect case, with no mane and no tail, just exposed bones along the crest of its neck and where its tail would normally be nothing. Its eyes were jet black like a void, but I only saw them when the two horses stopped playing and looked right at me. From the eye sockets dripped blood and flies were clustered around their heads. I can remember the way those soulless eyes stared at me in my dream to this day. And after that dream, strange things started happening. That morning, going outside to do chores, the air was still. The same feeling like just before a big storm rolls in with strange electricity and weight to the air. It was cold, bitter cold. I chalked that up to a typical January weather morning. I went to the barn to feed and do turnouts as I normally do every morning, but something wasn't right. The horses were spooked in their stalls, like something was going to attack them. They were terrified. They were standing towards the front of their stalls, away from the windows, as though something had been outside the barn, stalking close to the walls. I dismissed it as horses just being weird. I fed them all and put them outside, and I got to clearing the stalls. It was about 6.30 a.m. and still fairly dark. To dump my wheelbarrow, I have to go back into the woods to the manure pile, which is outside the back side of the barn and about 15 15 feet from the door. After the first stall, I went out to the door to dump the pile. Once out the door, I suddenly did not feel good. Mm -hmm. I felt heavy like something was sitting on my shoulders, pushing me into the ground. I was suddenly overheated, and not from any type of actual exertion, but my heart was racing. I could hear my pulse in my ears, and every part of my body screamed, run. I looked around and saw nothing. The light off the barn is just a crappy bulb and dim. I couldn't see any movement in the darkness. I heard nothing, but I felt something. I took a deep breath and continued walking to the pile. Then... Out of the trees, I saw something dark between the cedars. It was fast. I almost missed it and just caught it in my peripheral vision. I heard a creaking sound like the wind through the boughs of a tree and there was no breeze. And then some sort of hacking sound, like someone with a racking dry cough. That was enough for me. I figured some sort of coyote-wolf hybrid was out there to eat me for breakfast. Honestly, they're becoming increasingly more common here. And I ran back to the barn and decided to finish cleaning the stalls until daylight. Fast forward a few months, and the winter had finally let go. Nothing else weird had happened other than things occasionally getting moved around the barn from places I had definitely left them. Mm -hmm. Riding season was in full swing, and I was preparing for competitions with my show horse. My old mare, the one who had lost her baby, I had decided to continue what I had been doing with her for the past few years, which was keeping her fit by riding her out on the trails. Something we both enjoyed. Mm. We've gone out in our woods for hours and just enjoyed the peace together. Let me preface this next part by saying this horse is incredibly brave. She has done everything, gone everywhere, and is a real champ about scenarios that horses traditionally find terrifying. For her to be scared of something, she has to be afraid for her life. It was a nice day, sunny, dappled light coming through the maple trees with a slight breeze, low 20s, perfect mm. riding weather. We went out on the normal trail and ran deeper down deeper into the woods. Generally, I follow along the Drumlin, a, gra- a glacier formation that's pretty common in this part of Ontario. 
It's a nice gentle slope along one side, which is great for the horse's fitness, and also takes you to the prettiest part of the woods at the very top of the hill and overlooks a wooded lot below. She was fairly quiet, her normal self, and happy ears pricked, attentive to her surroundings, but not worried. When we got to the top of the hill, her attitude changed. She suddenly felt like a coiled spring underneath me, ready to explode and bolt. Her ears were like radar, darting all over the place to hear things I could not hear. She started snorting, head in the air, giving me all the signs of a very, very, very anxious horse. She stopped and spun, turning around to look down the hill at the forest below her. At first, I didn't see anything. I tried to calm her down with gentle pets and a calming voice, but she was terrified. My horse was sweating. I've never seen this horse this stressed Mm. in my life. But then I heard it, that same hacking noise as before. In a darker part of the woods, about 200 feet away, below us, there was a shapeless, dark shadow that didn't look like it belonged. It was about the size of a medium-sized horse, and it didn't move when I yelled out like a bear or a coyote would have. My horse started to go up on her hind legs like she was going to rear, and for safety, I got off. Falling off in the woods without a cell phone signal would be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. When I got off and looked back, the shadow was gone and the horse had quieted down. I got back on, and we went home a different way. She was completely fine the rest of the ride, but refuses to go past a big boulder on the trail that takes you into the area where I saw the shadow, and she refuses to go there to this day. In fact, every horse we've tried to take past that boulder in the woods now either refuses to go or gets incredibly anxious. Even our dogs whine about it. I've seen the shadow and heard the noise twice more since that time in the woods behind the barn. We have also had the worst luck with our horses this past year. Crazy weird accidents, emergency vet bills, completely freak accidents that make no sense given our very vigilant management of the horses. My shoulder has been severely dislocated and broken after a client's horse was spooked at something unseen and unheard in the woods running over top me as she was terrified for her life. Our dogs will run into that part of the woods and bark like they're chasing off a predator, then quickly retreat towards the house or barn, barking violently the whole way. We have found the skeletal remains of animals that look like they've been weathered by the woods for years, suddenly appearing near the barn in the exact same spot over and over with no explanation. I have recently spoken to an indigenous elder in the community who has warned me that I should be taking precautions as I am dealing with the Wendigo. Wendigo are traditional spirits of the, uh, oh, I can never say it, Ojibwe people, Awabi people, I can't say it. I can't, I don't, I don't have the word in front of me, but yeah. Who traditionally have occupied this region before colonization. They are demonic, man-eating creatures who come in winter and often in times of death and sorrow to feast. They are spiritual embodiments of famine and hunger and instability. I've been advised to burn sage and smudge the area, including the house, the barn, and the woods, and to also hang cedar at all doorways and to only invite in the good spirits. I'll be doing this sooner than later, because even if it isn't a Wendigo, there's something in the woods, and I'd rather be protected than not. Mallory. Mm, Mallory, good, different, like, man, creepy story. Isn't that, I have chills all over. Just the fact that the animals wouldn't go in that place. Uh-huh. And, and what a weird twist I didn't expect where it's like the, you know, like we've talked about like various like shadowy entities, and they're always either like uh, oh, there is no kind of shape or circular, like orb-like or um, a mist or, but if it's like a, if it's like a creature, it's like a human shaped, right? Never like a like a horse shaped. It's just so unusual. And then oh, the, and then the, and then the weathered bones being found over and over again in the same spot. All that stuff is yeah, that's an odd story, right? And if you're just like living, uh, she lives on this huge piece of property. It yeah. sounds like she lives by herself, you know. So she is you know like getting up early in the mornings to take care of the animals. Yeah. That alone would like cause me so much stress right, to have to right. like get up and go outside in the dark in the morning by myself because everything would be something for me. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that, isn't that interesting how like have you have your like where that that one there were certain spots like by the boulder, by the barn mm-hmm. where things happened consistently um and then the spot over by the boulder where you know like the animals obviously kept sensing something. Mm-hmm. Have you ever encountered like a spot out in nature where it just feels off? Because I I remember as a kid um, where Kyler Wilson, my buddy and I, we'd play like this is one area and it's just like just this one part of Riggins where we grew up every time, which kind of drew us t- towards it. We'd go play. Sure, there. sure. But it was like we would go down this one little trail at the end of this little kind of, um, excuse me, like sure. cul-de-sac and you'd go down by the river and it was just like this one is where the ditch drains kind of like back into the river. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know what it is about that spot, but it just felt off. And it always felt off. Every time we went down there and it felt unlike any other place. It's just like a, like, like it felt heavy. Did you ever ask your grandparents who've lived there a very long time if like anything if something happened? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I probably would have been too, I mean, even to this day, like if, if they don't, they're not believers in those types of things. At least mm-hmm. I don't think they are. Well, as, as a kid, I would have been just afraid they would have been like, what are you talking about? Stop. But as an adult, you can reframe the question of true, like, true. hey, I, I was ask. thinking about this spot. Did you ever yeah, hear anything about like it? A disappearance or a murder or something. Who knows? Yeah. The only thing. So, uh, you know, growing up in Cleveland, we have this amazing park system called mm-hmm. the Metro Parks. Yeah. And OK, so my school, I went to St. John Bosco grade school yeah. <laughs> and it was like here and it was, it was a very large property because it wasn't yeah. just the school, school, church, cloister, event center, like a very large property. Right. So when you were kind of like, you could enter from Pearl Road here, schools here. And then if you went around the block, like you could come in the back, right? And if you came in the back, the Metro Parks were right there. Okay. And so there, it it like butted up to this like wooded area. And there were all these rumors. I don't know if they were ever true about Chester Chester, the child molester that lived as the, you know, like a hobo transient. Like a bunny man type, like lore. Yeah. Yeah. And just that, you know, if you weren't careful, if you went out there, he would get you and he would molest you. I mean, not that that's not tragic and awful, but I, sure. I, I don't know that it was ever tied to murders or anything yeah. heavy in that sense. Right, right. Um, I don't know, but that that's the only thing. That was immediately like what popped up in my brain. But yeah. you know, I've never felt it for all the camping we've done or, you know, just for mm-hmm. hikes and stuff. I never... Yeah, I haven't felt any, any of our camps or anything, but that is, but it is, but I've heard like, you know, other stories where, you know, like, uh, well, actually it was, um, we just did one here on Scared to Death a few weeks ago. Is that, uh, oh man, hopefully I'll remember how to say it right. Hoyabachu. Oh yeah. Uh, I, th- I can, I can see it it's on the written page, but that Romanian mm-hmm. forest. Yeah. Transylvania, oh, yeah. I think specifically, um, had that a clearing inside mm-hmm. of it. That would freak me out. That just gave off like weird energy of people. But there are those places, mm-hmm. you know, like all around the world where sure. it's just like, what is it about this spot? Is it? Yeah. Well, I, you know, like Tubbs Hill here in Coeur d'Alene, mm-hmm. you know, we hike that hill pretty regularly. And mm-hmm. I know that they found human remains on that. Like, it was like last summer, two summers ago. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel weird to me when I go right, there. I mean, right. I don't know if I'm not going in the right the right area uh, where they found the remains. But are you talking about that huge excavation? Because like a couple hundred years ago, I guess like that, like they think that like a thousand people died on that hill. Like they just there's so many bodies. Dang it! I didn't sell it hard enough. You did not. I went too far. I you, went. I went big. I went too big. I went, a thousand even, was too big. It's not even that you went too far. It's that oh. I know that just like two years ago. So you just uh, built on that in a poor way. Damn it. Okay. 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 It. I took a chance. It didn't work. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, yeah, but I yeah. didn't even, I didn't even hear about the Tubbs Hill. Yeah. The bodies being found at all. Yeah. Really? You know what else is super weird? And then we, we can wrap it up. I know we've yeah. been going on for a while, but um, you know, the other lake by our house. I mean, this is so sad and tragic, but you, do you remember? Oh, uh, the tragedy uh, at the dock. Are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Were, like, mm-hmm. what's that? 2015, uh, 2016? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, a mom and her two or three kids. She, mm-hmm. but it was so weird. She like backed her car in. Remember? I know, no, I remember. Yeah, she because it got then, it got like almost no coverage. It was weird. Where it's so like so weird. The story right after just we moved disappeared. Here, the story disappeared. She backed her car into the lake and drowned herself and her two kids. Yeah, and she was going through a really rocky divorce. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, I don't even know her name. I can't remember it, but it's like yeah. Well, her last name is Phelps. Actually, I do remember because I remember wow. always thinking like Michael Phelps. Yeah, yeah. I remember we kept looking for more information. Like what? Nothing. Yeah. Does anybody it was, know? It was, just, it was just weird that like no info followed that story. I, I've I've tried to look it up since then because everyone's so in a blue moon. But I sometimes feel something kind of strange. Like if we're out paddleboarding on the lake, oh. I'm like, huh. not and not negative, just sad, heavy, heavy. Yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's move away from the sadness. Yeah, you have a shout out. I do. I have one tiny happy birthday shout out to Alan, a.k.a. Boo. Boo. <laughs> your awesome wife, Sydney, wanted to make sure that uh, we celebrated your birthday with you. So happy birthday, Alan Boo. Happy birthday, Boo. <laughs> hey, Boo. Hey, Boo. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and, and thanks to everyone for the uh, ratings and the reviews lately. Uh, it's so helpful. You know, it keeps like, spreading the show to new listeners. And thanks to everyone. I, I know the period's already closed off now, but just thanks to everyone again for uh, yeah. all the pre-orders for the book. We're very excited to sign those, get those out. If you missed your opportunity, in a couple months, they will be back in the store. Yeah. Possibly 
probably for a limited time, depending on like you know the the amount the stock we have. Yeah, we just it's it's yeah. a very crazy process, yeah. uh, especially when you're just self publishing mm-hmm. it. But yeah, once the books make it to us and we've signed all the books and we have shipped those books out, once we know they're on the way to the people yeah. who pre ordered, then the books will go live in the store. Yeah. So theoretically, right before Halloween. Mm-hmm. That'd be perfect. Uh, thanks for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror, like the ones we just heard today, to my story at scared to death podcast.com. So chilling. Email us for everything else at info at scared to death podcast.com. Uh, thanks to Logan and Kate Keith, social media, badmagicmerch.com, design, uh, producer Sophie Evans for help with story curation, Joe Paisley back, uh, producing, directing, custom sound bed creation, Zach Flannery does that as well. Heather Rylander, thank you for organizing the My Story uh, emails. Subscribe to Bad Magic Productions on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram if you want more content. At Scared to Death Podcast. And we have a private Facebook group that I we've never talked about. I feel oh, terrible. Yeah, sorry. The Creeps and Peepers private Facebook group has over 5,000 members. Uh, Hot dang. A lot of horror lovers in there. So if you want um, you know, uh, more people to talk to about your love of all things scary, hop into the Creeps and Peepers Facebook group. And thanks to Liz Hernandez for moderating that. And enjoy your nightmares, creeps and peepers. Good luck with mirrors this week and have fun in the woods. Hope you were scared to death. Bye, y'all. If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through, but has no home here within scares to death. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are the things that weigh you down on a day-to-day basis? What kind of stress are you holding on to? Do you spend much of your day going over things in your brain over and over until they are so distracting it affects your mental health? Well, don't worry. You're not alone. We all carry different stressors, some big, some small. When we keep things bottled up, the results can be negative. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest without fear or judgment. It's a place to work through what is heavy on your mind and heart so that you can feel lighter and happier. I'm always holding on to something. It's the way my anxious brain works. I'm continually worried that I've done something wrong, that I've hurt the feelings of someone I love, and that I have let someone down. I'm stressed that I'm not being a good enough mom or wife. I panic that our life will implode at any given moment and it'll all be my fault. Thankfully, I have an amazing therapist who helps me talk through each of these scenarios. After each and every appointment, I feel lighter, happier, and more capable of showing up as my most authentic self. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash scared to death today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scared to death.